This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, how's it going? It's good. I helped my best friend Aaron Jones move this weekend, and I climbed up 30 flights of stairs and burned like a million calories and now i want to die wait 35 flights of stairs yeah that's like 1.5 million calories don't you dare under under cut yourself (laughs) oh it was crazy it was a long weekend but good and it's daylight savings time and i'm very mad me too we're not farmers no we're not farmers I'm also mad at you because it's spring break and I have to get up and go to work tomorrow like a chump and you get to stay home. I will be sleeping in till I die. I might just sleep straight through to next Sunday. I mean, I would support that. (laughs) So have I ever told you about my coma? No. Every big break from school, I take what I call my coma. And I have been known to literally sleep for a full 24 hours. I did that when I had the flu and it was amazing. (laughs) Right? I cannot recommend it enough. I went to sleep in the middle of one day and woke up in the middle of the next day. And I was like, whatever. (laughs) Could not be... uh, persuaded to give a fuck like <laughs> uh, so, so what's going on with you um well i am going to see share in two days i know and i got good okay, tickets Ava, what is share doing in louisiana um i hope she's going to talk about trump because when she tweets about trump it's my favorite thing Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird that you're going you're going to a concert hoping they talk about Trump. Yeah, but have you seen her tweets about Trump? They're incoherent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. have I ever told you that I do a mean share impersonation? No, but I think you need to do it right <clears throat> now. Okay. I was born on the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance all the money they throw. Mama would do whatever he could. It was like being in a room with Cher herself. I know. Listen, I'm going to go and Except sing. you're not in my living room. You're in your living room. I'm going to go sing at the concert and I'm going to be discovered by Cher herself. And then I'm going to go on sure. tour. I will. Listen, she'll just give me one of her wigs and then you won't be able to tell the difference between us. She'll be like, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know when she tours, she requires a separate hotel room for all of her wigs? respect that right i do good for you Cher. i know she listens to the show she well she just heard me sing so now she does for sure (laughs) (laughs) so on a scale of one to ten how terrified of you are of how terrified are you of coronavirus like 2.3 i put myself in the ones yeah now, on a scale of 1 to 10, how terrified are you, are you of the fact that it seems like most of the world just discovered that they need to wash their hands? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> like 11. Yes. I'm like, y'all, I've been buying hints up this whole time. Right? <laughs> I don't need more. I have some. Right? Like, I didn't need a virus to convince me to wash my hands. And No. I'm, I have kids. They're disgusting. I'm beginning to think that maybe there's not really a coronavirus. This is just Johnson & Johnson making a ploy to make us buy more hand soap. This is, this is the Valentine's yeah. Day of soap companies. that's it we solved the case (laughs) man we didn't even have to get to a murder yet to start doing some heavy heavy... well this case has already been solved (laughs) sure yeah so yeah I want to talk about this murder not yet Okay. Because, welcome to Lifetime Sentence. I'm Cher. I'm the CDC representative. (laughs) Your fucking hands, you disgusting people. Good God. (laughs) Uh, I can't. (laughs) In 35 years, when the Smithsonian... Um, puts the transcript of all of our episodes on display because that's the impact we'll have made in the world. People will just Naturally. gather around our coronavirus rant and <laughs> document it for ages to come. People in the streets will shout, wash your fucking hands! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I can't. Okay. <sighs> This week, I'm going to start off with a blanket warning, extra thought, in that I do not believe, personally, that there is a scenario in which Casey Anthony did not kill her daughter. Have you considered the multiverse theory where Superman had to come in? No? No. Okay. My opinions during this episode will reflect that. So if you are a person that thinks perhaps she didn't kill her daughter. You are invited to kindly turn this episode off. Yeah, you're wrong. Now, these people exist because like three weeks ago, a friend of mine asked me, can you have a rational discussion about why Casey Anthony might be innocent? And I said, no. Uh, Yeah, I remember you telling us about that. And I was like. Who can? Who can? Do we need to talk about Mozilla Firefox real fast? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm already heated. Additionally, in my personal opinion, this movie didn't spend nearly enough time on Zanny the Nanny, and I am not here for it. Poor Zanny. She had to deal with all this and didn't even get her day in the sun. Listen, here's the thing. The good thing is that Zanny the Nanny is not a real person. (laughs) Zanny the Nanny is a real person. Insofar as the name that she made up is a real person. But that's it. The the name that she made up is a real person. And I feel sorry for that woman. My God. Additionally, I thought for real the entire time I've known anything about this case that that was a made up name. I thought there was no way well, that was so a real name. Zanny, 
Zanny is a made-up name. No. The full Zenaida. I thought Zenaida Fernandez-Gonzalez had to be a made-up name. That that Casey Anthony had just drawn, like, Hispanic-sounding names out of a hat and stuck them together, like, Scrabble-style. And Listen, she probably did, and then it just happened to be that there was a person <laughs> named that. Okay, that makes more sense. I'm so but sorry, I know, co-opted your part. You know part. what my favorite memes are after the hurricanes? What? Were the ones who are like, how's everyone in Florida except Casey Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Here for <laughs> it. Okay, if you couldn't guess, this week I watched Prosecuting Casey Anthony. It stars Rob Lowe once again as Jeff Aston or himself. Um, you'll know Rob from The West Wing, Untouchable, the Drew Peterson movie, the Narcy Novak movie, The Outsiders, and St. Elmo's Fire. Also, just because of my deep and passionate love for him. I have mm-hmm. always loved me some Rob Lowe. Oh, also Parks and Rec. I always forget Parks and like, Rec. that he's in. Then we have Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, she plays Linda Drain Burdick. Um, she's from Lost. Did you ever watch Lost? Uh-huh. Uh, a she couple of episodes, doctor. but yeah. Dr. Juliet. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, she was in Frequency, the Santa Claus 2 and the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> um, and last year on Hallmark, she was in the Christmas Club. Is she Mrs. Claus? I don't remember. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. In the but Santa... she was at the okay. Christmas Club on Hallmark. Okay. And then Nancy Grace and Jane Velez Mitchell star as themselves. I, listen, I know what everyone thinks about Nancy Grace. I do. I get it. But I could not love her more than I currently do. You and I have differing opinions on that. <laughs> I'm not saying she's reliable or respectable or does anything besides get a bob cut to yell at a TV screen. But if I did not watch the hell out of Swift Justice with Nancy Grace, it was the best courtroom TV show. The best. Top bomb. <laughs> And I'm not going to say who plays Jose Baez because when he comes on the screen, I flipped my shit and I want y'all to experience that. Um, okay. So we open with Rob Lowe being interviewed saying that the entire country was fixated on this case and he had never seen the level of passion, anger, and rage directed at one person. And then the verdict came out. Quote, how can the court of public opinion and what I believe to be the facts of this case be in shocking contrast to the verdict in the courtroom? The interviewer is all, well, Roblo, you'll have to tell me. You've had a nearly perfect record in the courtroom. Until Casey Anthony, what went wrong? <laughs> I hate this girl. Uh, Roblo says, uh, you mean other than the verdict? Nothing. <laughs> Right? And we get very sinister music playing over the title card. And I'm, I 
recorded just a little bit of it for you, and I'm going to play it for you, just so you can get a feel. I'm so excited. I am sure that's like an off-brand opening for Fan of the Opera. They're like, ooh, yeah. it's the ghost of the ballet. <laughs> um, and we flash to the back of a girl with a bob doing a perk walk. And then a shot of Rob Lowe standing in an empty court. Oh, this is all while the music's playing. So there's Casey doing her perp walk. There's Rob Lowe standing pensively in an empty courtroom. And then there's a shot of protesting signs. And I just want to say, once again, who has the time to do this? Right. And then there's a shot of Rob Lowe writing notes. It's very, very dramatic. So the movie starts with Rob Lowe driving through a fast food joint for a breakfast sandwich. And boy, can I relate. (laughs) And I have to ask, like, why in every single movie he's in, does he wear those little glasses holders on his sunglasses? Like the little cord that goes around your neck. And I'm like, it's starting to feel more like a personal Rob Lowe choice than an acting choice. Yeah, I mean, that's usually how I can spot a douchebag from a distance. Like, that's that's last generation douchebag. And then, like, my generation douchebag, would you put them upside down on the top of your baseball cap? God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, he's listening to the 911 call from Casey's mother in the car, like, blasting while he's getting food from the fast food place. And that I can't can relate. relate. <laughs> oh. Listen, one time I drove around for like a week listening to the Brandon Lawson 911 call just on a loop. Oh my God. <laughs> Why would you do that? Were you looking for a reason to cry? Like, were you just. No, I was trying to figure it out. You were feeling dead inside and you're like, you know what's going to wake up this cold, frozen heart? This tape. No. Um, and we get our first top mom reference. Yes. He then goes and buys all the papers referencing the case and meets a colleague, Linda. We get our second top mom reference. He asks his friend, how do you lose your child for 31 days and not call the police? And she says, uh, to save your sexy ass from homicide charges. Um, I must have different eyes. And then they talk about how Casey made up Zanny the nanny, made up her job, and how Kaylee is for sure dead. The forensic evidence they have, body decomp, etc. You know, like regular lunch conversation. I mean, for me and you, yes. Yeah. Um, They do a walk and talk, which I enjoyed because I miss the West Wing like so much. Right. Um, and they chat about the crappy conviction rate in Florida, which, wow, Florida, get your shit together. Are you surprised, though? A no. man was arrested for throwing a fucking alligator as like a weaponized alligator through a drive through window in Florida. There's no way they can convict everybody. <laughs> oh, weaponized alligator. <laughs> um, so... 
Oh, I said I, w- I said I would ask what Florida is doing, but I feel like that question is just implied at this point. Right. <laughs> Later, he's making dinner for his lovely wife and children, and surprise, he's been offered the Casey Anthony trial. His wife is excited, and he's like, well, yay, but also, I won't be home again for like three years, so bye. <laughs> right. Nancy Grace is here. Yay. She gives her spiel, and then we cut to Rob Lowe's office where they're working on evidence. On the television, there are more shots of protesters. And look, I'm going to harp on this. Like, do these people have jobs? Is someone paying them to do the protest? I I need to know. Yeah, do you take a personal day to go protest? Like, I, I am curious. Especially with this trial, I have a lot of complaints about the general public acting a fool. Um, yeah. One of Rob Lowe's assistant tells Rob that Nancy Grace already broke the story about the decomp in the car. And this is my problem with Nancy Grace because Rob Lowe's like, what the fuck? Like, she used to be a DA. She should know better than to release that information. But she's just chasing ratings and that's... Right. Listen... You need money to make that Bob look that bad. And you won't get money without ratings. You don't get sponsors if you're not pissing someone off. So they go watch surveillance footage from the blockbuster, RIP, that Casey was in with her boyfriend right after Kaylee was last seen alive. Where they rented... I'd never put that together. This happened and then blockbuster went out of business, so... Is it really Netflix's fault, or do we have another reason to hate Casey Anthony? I mean, I'll blame it on Casey Anthony. I don't have a problem with that. Right? So they rented the Diane Lane film Untraceable, which is a movie about a kidnapping and murder where the body is left rotting in the trunk of a car. Or as we like to call it, research. (laughs) Yes. Um... And then they start talking about Jose fucking Baez. We get our third top mom reference and then he's on the screen and oh my god, guess who's playing Jose Baez? Um, I'm going to guess it is Blair Underwood. <laughs> I love me some Blair Underwood. That would be a departure. Um, no, it's Oscar from The Office. <laughs> oh my god! If you had given me 300 chances, Oscar from The Office would not have been in my top 300 guesses. Like, I was screaming. Like, <laughs> I would have guessed Angela Kinsley before him. Kinsey. Like, <laughs> Look, Angela Kinsey could get in a courtroom. Right? <laughs> She's I love her. Uh, they show a dumbass interview of him and some news anchor being all chummy and they can both go fuck themselves. Um, and Rob Lowe was watching it on TV. The next morning in his office, the assistants are going through pictures of the hot body contest. And all the dumb shit that Casey posted online while her daughter was missing slash decomposing in a swamp. But she was with the nanny. Zanny. Zanny the nanny. The nanny named Zanny. (laughs) (laughs) 
They could get Fran Drescher to play her. (laughs) (laughs) Rob has more evidence of the human decomposition in Casey's car and also chloroform. Okay, I think... His assistant jumps in to inform everyone, that's not found in aisle five of your local grocery store. (laughs) No, that's on aisle seven with the other chemicals, you dumbass. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, back in the interview, he tells the interviewer he believed they would he would win the case. The jury just needed to be able to connect the dots the way that he could. The sinister music comes back, and we cut to the indictment where Casey is indicted for a first-degree murder. Jose Baez gives a speech about using the court system to search for the truth and nothing but. He says when this is all over and everyone hears Casey's side of the story, they'll be able to sit back relax and understand what happened to Kaylee. I'm still waiting then. It's been a long, I mean, it hasn't been that long, but it's been a long time. Actually, yesterday when I was helping my friend move, uh, we were talking about this and one of my friends was like, didn't that happen in the nineties? And I was like, Hey, no, no. And, and two, even if it did, it's still relevant because She's in the news like once a month at least. Right. Still. She's obsessed I can't get that with bitch the off my, my TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I hate Jose Baez. Next, um, it's December of 2008. Rob Lowe receives an early morning call to turn on the news because a body has been found less than a quarter mile from the Anthony home. We get the story as told by Nancy Grace, Top Mom reference number three. And no, that's it's four. Grim. Is it four? Yep. Oh, shit. It's I've been four. keeping a tally. Okay. Um, anyways, the story is really sad. Um, I mean, it's a, ba- it's a little girl's body. It's sad. Right. Um, at the detectives, they're going through the evidence, um, both George and... And Casey's brother have been ruled out in the search for Kaylee's mysterious father. (sighs) They also finally hacked the search history on the Anthony's computer and someone looked up how to make chloroform 84 times. Uh, You know... Haven't you ever just hit refresh idly while you were looking up, like, how to hide a dead body just over and over and over and over? No. I thought about actually searching chloroform to see if you could find a recipe easily, but then I figured I'd end up on some kind of watch list. Right. Our agents are already pretty perturbed that they have to listen to this every week to see if we're plotting. Look, Dave, you got like two weeks off during the government shutdowns. I don't want to hear your nonsense. (laughs) Nancy Grace is back to tell us that the remains found were matched to Kaylee Anthony. And we get top mom reference number five, I guess. Our prosecutorial team goes to the ME's office to see the body. This is also very grim. The major piece of evidence they found is the duct tape on her face. It's Christmas time 
And like everyone does, Rob Lowe is decorating the Christmas tree and talking about the condition of the dead child's body. Again, you and I, yes, would. So I don't see why you're in such a tizzy over this. <laughs> Rob Lowe says when he gets done with Casey, she'll be the most hated woman in America. And for this, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Casey also gave him a pretty good head start on that. So <laughs> Right. You don't get to take all the credit, Robbie. No. At the office, our trusty heroes are discussing the death penalty. And this is where I've always thought the case fell apart. But after watching this movie, I don't think that's it. I still don't know where the case fell apart. And I have 17 pages, 16 pages of research. I don't either. I don't either. Um, um, Jane Velez Mitchell announces this news. But don't worry. Jose Baez is there to share his opinion that nobody asked for. Go home, Oscar. He says Casey will absolutely not plead out. And there's no witnesses, no DNA, no cause of death, no manner of death. And how everyone is just after poor, poor, sad, innocent Casey Anthony. Wah. Yep, that's it. We're just picking on her. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back to the interview, and the interviewer asked Rob Lowe if the death penalty was a wrong turn. And he says no, because the jury had plenty of other options to consider, second-degree murder, manslaughter, etc., Jane Velez Mitchell is on TV again, asking whether Jose Baez has enough experience to try a death penalty case. I say no, but because he's a toddler, but is he going to? Yes, because he's an arrogant fuck. Rob Lowe gets called into a courtroom to meet with Jose Baez and his new cohorts, who, as predicted, will not be assisting him trying the case, just doing his homework for him. See also, arrogant fuck. Um... The judge joins them, and you can tell he's, like, already had it up to here with Baez. He is, like, so done. They're asking for more time to gather expert information, and the judge is like, what the hell? Like, what's with all the mystery here? And so Jose Baez does a little dance and says, well, drumroll. The truth is, Kaylee wasn't ever murdered. She accidentally drowned in the pool it happened on george's watch casey did nothing wrong done and done i'm going to happy hour case closed you're all welcome (sighs) then he gets this stupid smile on his stupid face and i want to punch him so rob goes to his favorite prosecutor hangout which as i told you earlier this should be a show tm 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 (laughs) and linda tells him that the new defense strategy is that george anthony and Casey's, Casey's brother, who we're just going to call Other Anthony, because I don't know his name. Okay. Have both been molesting Casey since she was eight. And Casey's lies about all of this were just about denial and suppression, and she believes her own lies. <laughs> sure, Jan. So, because the Anthonys are his witnesses... um, Rob Lowe has to call them in and basically like present this new evidence to George and basically tell him that his his um, daughter is even worse than they first thought. Mm-hmm. And it goes really, really well, you know. You know, like you can imagine. Yeah. 
So they go watch the video of George visiting Casey alone. Linda says what everyone's thinking, that this entire family is very weird. Which I will give her that much. Oh, yeah. Um, Rob Lowe goes home and laments about his sad existence on the balcony of his beautiful mansion. I wish you would tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Day one of jury selection. Jane Velez Mitchell screens about the jury. We interview potential we see interviews of potential jurors. They don't get very far. At the diner, they talk about how everyone is trying to make money from this case, even some of the potential jurors who are planning to write books. Well, what else would you do? Be the juror and then go home. That's lame. Oh, God. Rob Lowe says they have a rock-solid case, and this makes me, like, so sad. He's so confident, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be so bad. Um, George is back in Rob Lowe's office. Oh, I'm sorry. We get Top Mom reference number five, or no, six, six. by Nancy Grace. Um, George goes back to Rob Lowe's office and Rob is giving him advice about how to testify. And this is when George finally says out loud that he knows Casey did something to Kaylee, uh, but he doesn't know what. And he takes this back later in interviews, like in person. I know that, but um, he did say it at the time. Right. <clears throat> On his way to the trial, Rob Lowe walks through... A throng of fans. I would be a fan of Rob Lowe's. Not, not of the actual prosecutor. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. yeah, prosecutor, so, no, but. Like, literally, go to work. Go spend time with your family. Go to the beach. You're in fucking Florida. Why are you hanging out at the courthouse? Good grief. So his fans take his picture and cheer him on. They have Team Ashton shirts because that's his last name. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with this. Anyways, court starts and they bring in Casey. They nailed her trial look, which good for them. Good. Opening statement start. Linda rocks it. Jose Baez is stupid and and says nobody can prove this is a murder. Um, George is called to the stand. Um, in the diner, everyone is gathered around the TV to listen. He talks about his morning routine with Kaylee and Casey. Rob Lowe asks if he ever molested his daughter, and he says no. And this, like, broke my heart. It's so sad what these people went through. Yeah. Um, now it's Jose Baez's turn. He accuses George of molesting Casey and tries to wordplay him into admitting that he did. Um, Roblo objects, though, and so he's dismissed. Um, Jane Velez Mitchell talks with a body language expert on whether George was telling the truth. And he says, George definitely feels shame for something, but there's no telling what. And that's like, this is why these people are trash. Uh huh. They're um, just shy of like the way that um, what's the word I'm looking for? Spiritualists will mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, I heard from someone in your past," and 
Um, they had hair and two eyes and they loved you very much until you'd be like, Oh, grandma. Was it grandma? Yes. I'm getting a sense of an old woman. And she, you know, like he clearly is remorseful for something. Okay. Um, yeah, probably that his daughter, the, the person he created and brought up in this world murdered her child. Nah. I'd be ashamed of that. Back in court, Casey's friends are testifying and they talk about what a good mother she was. Blech. Liars. Um, Jose brings up a meme that Casey's old boyfriend posted on MySpace. <laughs> wow. About chloroform. And we cut away to Rob Lowe's interview and he says that that's where he thinks Casey got the idea to sedate Kaylee. And now we go to the expert testimony about the trunk. Jose Baez gets up and accuses him of attempting to make money selling odor testing technology. Um, then they talk about divining rods, and I was like, I'm so bored. <laughs> right. Um, Rob Lowe goes out to dinner with his wife and gets approached by two fans asking for his autograph. Again, I don't see the problem here. Have you seen him? I have a thing for blue eyes. I know. Roblo is insanely attractive. However, we're talking about him as the prosecutor. And, like, true crime is a hobby of mine. Like, reading about it, watching stuff about it, etc. But I can never imagine myself being so obsessed with a case that I, like, enter a lottery to attend the trial. Oh, I might. You know, I am going a year, in a year, literally a year from this week, I think, to a, um forensic art workshop but mm -hmm. really my mm -hmm. my dream job would be to be the artist who sat in and like sketched the courtroom mm -hmm. i would love that that's one thing but we'll get we'll get to these people i know what you're saying <laughs> um in court the state puts on a video demonstration about the duct tape jose baez objects to it it's admitted, but he said, but he's stupid, so they allow the evidence to be introduced. The judge gives a trigger warning, so George and Cindy Anthony leave. They play the tape, which is like a picture. It's like a picture of Kaylee and Casey together, and then they take away her face and leave like her, like at the image of her skull, and then demonstrate how the duct tape would fit over both her nose and mouth. Oh, oh. It was really bad. But Casey's like sobbing the whole time. And I'm like, Sh get your shit together. Shut up. <laughs> Jose Baez comes up and he's like, isn't this all speculation? Don't we even say or did we even say that this was the cause of death, etc.? Blah, blah, blah. He can go to hell. Jane Velez Mitchell is back to talk about Casey's many emotions. Rob she Lowe has many emotions? Well, she fakes many emotions. There we go. Um, Rob Lowe and company get called to a meeting with the judge and team defense, minus Jose Baez, of course. Rob thinks he's going to finally get a plea bargain. But no, this dude, that his other attorney, whatever, thinks now that Casey's incompetent to stand trial. Incompetent, yes. To stand trial, no. 
Uh, Rob Lowe and co all expertly roll their eyes. So I know they took my class. Um, so the judge decides to recess for a competency hearing. And this is all a stall tactic because she's super confident. Um, Casey does not testify on her behalf. Back in the interview, the lady asks Rob if Casey had testified, what is one question he wanted to ask her? And he says he wanted to ask her most about the tattoo because in his opinion, it's the one piece of clear evidence about the motive. We see Casey getting photos of her tattoo taken and then we cut to court where the tattoo artist is on the stand. Jose Baez continues to act like an asshole. Um, and then the state rests. Now it's Jose's turn to put on a show, and boy, does he. Um, George gets called back on the stand, and Jose is a fucking dick and completely hostile. George, like, calls him out for it, and then Roblo on the cross um, asks him about his suicide attempt. Um, George breaks down. I'm also sad. Like, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. At the diner, our three heroes are decompressing. And Rob bets the other two that Casey will not, in fact, take the stand. Um, he's, he bets them lunch that she will not take the stand. They think she will. Um, Cindy gets on the stand and says that she's the one who was searching for chloroform because she was searching for chlorophyll because the dog was eating bamboo something. I, I don't, don't really follow, follow that. She says that there is a algae or something that turns chlorophyll into chloroform. Okay. okay. I don't know. I don't science. And that's why. Anyways. Those are all words that I know, which is about as good as we get right now. Linda asks whether Cindy was even home at the time in question because her work history shows that she was at work. But Cindy says, if that's when the searches were made, then she was home and everything else be damned. Um, Nancy Grace is back to talk about perjury. Top mom reference, what are we at, seven? Uh-huh. Um, and we go back to the prosecutor's office where they're discussing uh, pressing perjury charges against Cindy Anthony. Um, they decide not to because it will be a double blow after Casey's convicted. Oh. Uh. Back in court, they have the forensics guy and Jose Baez is taking him to the cleaners. Just big time. Um, it's the last day of testimony. Jose Baez rests. Casey will not testify. And Rob whispers to his co-counsel that he wants steak and lobster. <laughs> Closing arguments. This is a really nice circus. People are running through the courthouse to get their tickets like it's Black fucking Friday. Oh my God. Like, I don't... Like, a little girl is dead. Yeah. And you people are acting like fools. Oh my God, I hate it. During closing, Rob Lowe smirks and Jose Baez at Jose Baez, which earns them both a trip to the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> they both have to apologize. And back in his interview, Rob Lowe says Jose's argument was just absolutely absurd and he couldn't help himself. <laughs> um, which, I mean, if I'm being honest, watch. I would have been the same. Oh, I, I could never keep a straight face in a courtroom. I could just never. Mm -mm. For one, I laugh when I'm stressed anyway. 
Yeah, me too. Like, that's how my body processes it. And also, like, I do not have a poker face. You can always tell exactly what I'm feeling just by looking at me. Right. See, my mom never had to tell me to watch my mouth because I'm pretty good about that. It's always been watch your face. Yeah. So they're on verdict watch and Rob Lowe is cleaning out his office. He gets a call that the jury is already coming back. They deliberated for 10 hours and 40 minutes. That's not long enough. You need to go back, please. When Rob Lowe walks into the courtroom, he gets applause. And it just makes what I know is coming just so much worse. Uh Uh-huh. The jury comes back and we cut from the courtroom to places all around Orlando and possibly the country who are watching the verdict. Like I did. Um, And I'm like, I feel like I'm going to be sick because I know what's coming, you know? Right. They read the verdict. She's found not guilty of first-degree murder not guilty of child abuse, not guilty of aggravated manslaughter of a child, and guilty for providing false information to law enforcement. George and Cindy leave the courtroom. Jane Velez Mitchell comes on to yell about it, and we see all of these places again with people yelling and crying. Like, it's It's awful. Like, Like, it's the way we really felt, too. I remember watching this verdict on TV. I could not watch it, but I sure did read about, like I followed it and like live updates that whole day. I watched it. Uh, Baez and his cohorts give everyone a public shaming for believing the media. Go home, Oscar. Nancy Grace reports that the defense team is at a bar having a champagne toast because they just won a case where a little girl died. I can't. Um, Nancy Grace says that she's appalled, and honestly, so am I. Um, you and Rob Nancy Lowe, finally agree on something. That's the one thing. Uh, <laughs> Rob Lowe is sitting up in the dark, feeling depressed, like you do. Um, his wife tries to comfort him and remind him that he thought the case was worth fighting for. And he just like runs through the stats on the evidence. There were like 30,000 pages of discovery information. They had like 90 witnesses. He's like, how did they only talk about this for 10 hours? And he says after the first like hour and 40 minutes, they were 10 to two on acquittal already. Oh my gosh. Um, and we cut to an interview with juror number three saying that she just couldn't find Casey guilty of a crime if she wasn't sure a crime was even committed. And it was easier to just conclude that this was an accident. And the interviewer, oh, and she says, if I sent her to have the death penalty and she was innocent, then I would be a murderer too. (sighs) And the interview is wrapping up with, Um, The news of Casey's release and how she wasn't convicted by the jury, but she was convicted by the 13th juror, the public, and she will serve a lifetime sentence of infamy. (laughs) My God. She asks Rob if that's fair, and basically his answer is, karma's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And says the key for him and everyone who was let down is to let go and try to move on. And... Now we cut to Casey Anthony's video diary. She's blonde now. And she says that this is all surreal. How things have just changed. Um, Rob Lowe is watching in the dark in his kitchen. 
And Casey says things are starting to change in a good way for her. She says she just hates being on camera and has to conquer that fear, right? The video ends and the screen goes black. And the ending, Chiron, is on April 6, 2012, Florida enacted Kaylee's Law, which makes it a felony to give false statements to law enforcement about a missing child who dies or is badly injured. Under the new law, Casey could have been sentenced to 20 years in prison for lying to the police. The end. I find that so crazy that it was not already illegal. Yeah, because, yeah. Like, to me, that's as good as perjury. Right. Which is a felony. Right. But who knows? Weird idiots. Because we think she did it. Um, I know she did it. You know how I can tell your notes are short this week? Because you didn't finish your random, your painting? Yeah, Sorry. I only got this much of Rob Lowe done. Oh, but he's cute. <laughs> he's precious. I didn't even get to do his eyes. It creeps me out. I always mean to do the eyes first, but then I'm afraid I'm going to mess them up. But I just sit and look at this soulless picture with no eyes. <laughs> yeah. As you all know, following criminal cases and the horrible movies they inspire is our passion. But even we need an occasional break, so when we feel like we need a mental palate cleanser, our go-to refresher is the mobile puzzle game Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a puzzle game that you can play right on your phone, and it's really cool because you go through all these levels solving challenging puzzles that actually engage your brain. But it's a casual game that anyone can play, and it's really, really fun. The great thing about it is that it doesn't take up much of your time, but it's great in that it fills up those moments where you wish you had something to do. Aside from reading terrifying news headlines and taking those quizzes to find out which flavor of coffee you are. The other day I was in line for what seems like forever at HEB, but having this game to play made the time go by so much faster. You also don't need an internet connection to play, so it's cool for when you don't have any connection, like on an airplane or the subway. The game is also visually stimulating with its bright colors and cute characters and... Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. It's a great game to engage your brain with fun puzzles. And did I mention you get to collect tons of cute characters, too? Best Fiends is a five-star rated mobile puzzle game on the Apple App Store and Google Play, and you can download it for free. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. This All episode right. has been sponsored by Are Best you ready Fiends. to hear 16 pages of notes? I am. Tell me all of them. Okay. So, um... First of all, there were like a gazillion sources, but what I can say is the Wikipedia article is pretty comprehensive because there are a zillion sources and because this case was such a hot case um, yeah, and was so ubiquitous at the time. Um, so, um, and I would like to give props to Wikipedia for naming this article the death of Kaylee Anthony. Yes. Instead of the trial of Casey Anthony, which is what I totally expected it to be. Like, remember Good the victim. On you, Wikipedia. Um, and that's why I don't mind giving my $3 a month. <laughs> yes. Remember the two-year-old child who will never get to live her life. Yep. Um, and then there is an... A Wikipedia article also called The Timeline of Casey Anthony, which is like a day-by-day breakdown of everything. And I opened it and was so overwhelmed. I was like, nope. So, um, 
Kaylee Marie Anthony was really it's just a time it's a it's a day by day of like how not to act if your child is missing right missing so Kaylee Marie Anthony was born August 9th 2005 and lived in Orlando Florida with her mother Casey Marie Anthony and her maternal grandparents George and Cindy Anthony on... So she was born about a year and two weeks after my child. Wow. Oh, man, that really contextualizes it in a way I was not ready for. I was a junior in high school. Like, that was that was the week or the week before I started my junior year. Yeah, I was home that day. I think, call, I think my son was sick or something. Okay. And so I watched it on TV. Um, so on... June 9th, 2008, Casey and Kaylee moved out of George and Cindy's house and moved in with Casey's ex-boyfriend, Ricardo Morales, and their friend, Amy Huizenga. Sure. Um, on June 15th, 2008, Kaylee was videotaped visiting an assisted living facility with her grandmother, who was visiting her father. So they are visiting Kaylee's great-grandfather. Cindy and Kaylee then swam in the Anthony's pool later that day. When they were finished, Cindy made sure to remove the ladder from the pool and close the gate. That was their standard procedure when Kaylee was around so that she couldn't accidentally fall in. Right. And the next day was the last day that Kaylee was seen alive at the Anthony house. On... July 15th, 2008, she was reported missing in a 911 call made by her grandmother, who said she had not seen Kaylee for 31 days, and that Casey's car smelled like it had a dead body in it. Cindy and Casey had given varied explanations as to Kaylee's whereabouts before finally telling the family that she had not seen Kaylee, her own daughter, sorry, Cindy said that Casey had given varied explanations as to Kaylee's whereabouts before finally telling Mm -hmm. the family that she had not seen her own daughter for weeks. According to George Anthony, Casey's father, Casey left the family's home on June 16th, taking their almost three-year-old daughter with her. Cindy asked repeatedly during that month to see Kaylee, but Casey claimed that she was too busy with work in Tampa. Other times she said that Kaylee was with her nanny, Zanita Zan was it Zanita Zanida? Zanida, thank you. Zanida Zanny the nanny Fernandez Gonzalez. Um, or that she was at Disney World or Universal, um, or that Kaylee was at the beach. So like, I'm sorry, Mom, I can't bring my daughter to see you because she's at Universal today. Look, my parents would have hunted me down. If I had, like, begged off for a whole month. Right. Living in the same town as them. Right. They would have found my ass. <laughs> um, That's just absurd to me. Yes. And as you mentioned earlier, this whole family has more skeletons in their closet than we will ever understand. Oh, a million percent. Um. So it was later discovered that Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez was in fact a real person, even though, as I mentioned earlier, I was sure this name was completely made up the first time I heard it. Like, again, I think it was. 
<laughs> there just happened to be a person that had that name. Yeah. I feel so bad for Zanny. And, uh, I know too. Like she got dragged. Like she, I also I feel bad that I keep calling her Zanny because move. she, yeah. She had to move because people were like accosting her in like in her home she had never even met Casey Anthony. Yeah, she'd never met Casey, Kaylee, or any of their family or friends. No. She had zero connection to this family. And that is so shitty. And she should have sued her civilly. Can, okay, so if that level of harassment can make somebody leave and, like, have to find a new job and stuff, can we start the rumor that Donald Trump was actually Kaylee's nanny? Sure. I'm willing to try anything at this point. How far is Mar-a-Lago from Orlando? We can make this work. Right? Hey, geography experts, let us know. We can't Google Maps it, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, wine and crime reviews maps. We don't. (laughs) Right? George Anthony soon learned that Casey's car had been towed and was in an impound lot. And he went to pick it up and noticed, and this is what I mentioned because the mom mentions it in the 911 call, he noticed the smell of decay and decomposition coming from the trunk. But when they opened the trunk, it only contained a bag of trash. Okay, but why was his statement so credible? Right. Because he was a homicide detective. Yeah. Yeah. And he smelled many a dead body. Hey, I was going to say, because any, well, anybody who has ever smelled trash versus decay knows, like, decomposition yeah. knows that those are very different smells. And different as smells, you said, but... he he was absolutely knowledgeable in this area. Yeah. Um, so Cindy reported Kaylee missing that day, as I said. But I just mean, like, it's, I'm sorry, it's a difference between, like, a crazy, like, worried mother saying it smells like a dead body and like a person that has worked around dead bodies with specialized training right yeah (laughs) um so when when she made the 911 call she ended it by saying there's something wrong i found my daughter's car today and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car (laughs) and i'm like I just, this phrasing makes me giggle every time. There's been a dead body in that damn car. Like, it almost sounds like she has been yelling at Casey to clean out her goddamn car for six weeks. (laughs) That's what I mean. That's why George Anthony's statement is more credible. Because um, any mom has walked into her kid's bedroom and been like, it smells like a dead body in here. Of course, I'd never call 911 and then say that to them. But <laughs> So when Detective Yuri Melick of the Orange County Sheriff's Department began investigating the disappearance, he found discrepancies in Casey's signed statement. When questioned, Casey said that Kaylee had been kidnapped by um, Zanny the Nanny, Zenaida Fernandez-Gonzalez, um, Although Casey had talked about her, Zanny had never been seen by Casey's family or friends. And I know this is going to shock you because you didn't know this going to this today. She had no nanny. <gasps> Thank you. Just like she had no job. <laughs> That's <gasps> yep. Did you? So I watched the big special on ID a couple years ago. In fact, 
I made a special trip to Dallas to be with my best friend whenever it came on so that we could watch it together. Like, we uh-huh. made snacks and drank a lot of alcohol and watched the Casey Anthony special. <laughs> That sounds like a good night. It was the best. Um, Casey had also told police that she was working at Universal Studios, a lie that she'd been telling her parents for years. So. Yeah, I have a question about how she was at work in Tampa when Universal Studios is in Orlando. Right. You know, they send you out on location to locations that don't matter to do location thing you wouldn't understand it's very complicated okay <laughs> um so investigators were like it's very complicated to describe a job that doesn't exist <laughs> right so investigators were like cool well take me to your office so they brought her on july 16 2008 the day after kaylee was reported missing to universal studios and went to the employee area and were like okay show me to your office. So she led them around for a while and took like in the police interview on the ID special, they were like, um, she, she walked into like a janitor's closet and was like, Oh yeah, they moved me. Like, Well, you know why they did that, right? Uh, uh-uh, tell me everything. They, they already knew that she didn't oh, have yeah. a job there. Yeah. I knew that. Um, yeah, they already knew. So they were trying to see how far she would take the lie. Right, exactly. They knew that she didn't work there. And so, and like he talked about it in depth, but just like the reliving of it through his eye, through the investigator's eyes, he's like, yeah, she took us God. to turns that like were dead ends. And then uh-huh. she would like talk to people like, hey girl. And the people would be like, who the hell are you? You know, like it was very obvious that she didn't work there. Like, don't you hey girl me? Right. Who the fuck are you? Um, so finally she admitted that she'd been fired years before. So she was first arrested. I think she walked into a dead end and then just turned around and was like, I don't work. Yeah. She was first arrested on July 16th, 2008 and was charged the following day with giving false statements to law enforcement, child neglect and obstruction of a criminal investigation. The judge denied bail, saying that Casey had shown, quote, woeful disregard for the welfare of her child. Um, so yeah. six days later, after a bond hearing, the judge set bail at $500,000. Um, after she was incarcerated for one month, she was released on a $500,000 bond, which was posted by... Um, Uh, California, the, the, sorry, was posted by the nephew of a bail bondsman named Leonard Padilla in hopes that she would cooperate and Kaylee would be found. So it was posted like on good faith that she would not be, uh, continue to be a lying sack of shit. Well, that didn't work. No. Um, on August 11th, 12th and 13th. Meter reader Roy Cronk called police about a suspicious object found in a forested Pull area. The lever, Kronk. Yeah, right? That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, he called police about a suspicious object found in a forested area near the Anthony residence. In mm-hmm. the first instance, the sheriff's office was like, no, call the tip line. So he did, and he got no return call. The next time he called the sheriff's office, 
Two police officers came and he reported to them what he'd seen, what appeared to be a skull near a gray bag. On that occasion, the officer conducted a short search and stated he did not see anything. So on December 11, 2008, he called the police again and they searched the same area and found in a bag, like the guy had reported back in August, the body of a child, like the remains of a child. The uh, investigative team recovered duct tape, which was hanging from her hair or, or hanging from the hair attached to the skull and some tissue left on the skull. Over the next four days, more bones were found in the wooded area near the spot where the remains initially had been discovered. And on December 19, 19th, 2008, medical examiner, or the examiner, (laughs) the medical examiner confirmed the remains found were those of Kaylee Anthony. The death was ruled a homicide and the cause of death listed as undetermined. So Casey was offered a limited immunity deal on July 29th by prosecutors related to the false statements given to law enforcement uh, about locating her child. And then that limited immunity was renewed on August 25th to expire three days later. And she did not take it. So the idea was like, if you tell us the truth now, we won't prosecute you for lying to us the first time. And she refused to take that deal. So, um, she is one of those people. And I know people like this that will go along with a lie they've told until the very bitter end. Uh Uh-huh. They'll keep like a journal so that they can't confuse the lie. So that they're like, but it's almost as if they believe it. I think they must. So like to a point where you're like, you know that they're lying, but they're so like, they're so committed know. You know, to it that you almost believe them too. Like you think maybe I'm the idiot. You second guess yourself. You're like, yeah, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, no, I definitely know people like that. And it makes life so hard if you are embroiled with somebody like that. Growing up like that is incredibly difficult. And I can like, I can say like myself now, you know, Maybe it's a good thing. I mean, it's probably a bad thing, but I'm so hyper vigilant. Like I can tell when someone's not texting me as much as usual, if their facial expression changes, if they're not talking to me in the same tone of voice as they usually do, like all those things I can tell. Yeah. Because you live your entire life trying to pick up cues that someone is lying to you. Right. Um, And yeah, it's an awful position to be put in, but when you're the (laughs) victim of that, like you, you have to learn how to protect yourself in that way, which then just makes it seem like you have all these, and I guess you do have all these crazy trust issues, but that aren't actually your fault, (laughs) you know, like. Yes, my therapist and I are working on that. I know. My. But it's really hard. You basically have to like re- train yourself like you are a child but you're not you're an adult and so you're having to relearn all this stuff that you should already inherently know just by growing up right um so 
Anyway, so then she, um, on October 14, 2008, she was indicted by a grand jury on charges of first degree murder, murder, not mother, first degree mother, murder, murder, uh, moiter, see Patreon Moyer. for more. Um, <laughs> so on first degree murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child and four counts of providing false information to police. She was later arrested. Um, she was ordered to be held without bond. On the October 21st, 2008, the charges of child neglect were dropped against Casey, according to the state attorney's office, because, quote, as the evidence proved that the child was deceased, the state sought an indictment on the legally appropriate charges. On mm-hmm. October 28th, Anthony was arraigned and pleaded not guilty to all charges, which I still find it odd that they dropped child neglect as a charge on the grounds that the kid, that the baby was dead. Because like, if your child is dead and you haven't told anyone for 31 days, I feel like that is still child neglect. But what do I know? I think because the charge stemmed from her, quote unquote, leaving the child with the nanny for 31 days. Gotcha. When in fact there was no nanny. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so on April 13th, 2009, prosecutors announced that they plan to seek the death penalty in the case. And I really do think that's probably the place where it fell apart. I think that seeking life without the possibility of parole would have made it easier for a jury to convict. But I don't know. Like, I feel like this was such a shut and like open and shut case that I don't know what would have had a different outcome. I don't know either just because I don't know enough about Florida law. Like I know in Texas, if you are charged with capital murder, you go on trial first and they find you guilty or not guilty. And then then they move on to the punishment where they vote on whether you get life without parole or the death penalty. So even like if the death penalty is on the table, it's not, you won't necessarily get it if you're convicted of a capital offense. Right. But even in cases, although we do like to kill people here. So don't commit a murder in Texas. Right. (laughs) Especially against kids. Like, yeah, no, Mm -mm. Texas has no compassion for kid killers. No. Um, Or cop killers. Or cop killers. Um, But yeah, I just feel like that maybe if they had said they weren't going to pursue the death penalty at all, that the outcome would be a little bit different. Because you hear that happening in states that aren't Texas. Because Texas is like literally shoot first, ask questions later. I'm just confused of how the process works. Like if she had been convicted, would it have been like an immediate death penalty? Cause that doesn't seem like it, that's what it would have been. No. So when they plan to seek the death penalty, that just means they're going in with the hopes of eventually that is the result, but you can still get um, found guilty and still get life without the possibility like, of parole. See, so to me, they could have done that and then given her life without parole and, be done right exactly that's what i'm saying if if they had taken the death penalty off the table if they didn't want her to die they the jury had that option it wasn't like she either dies or we let her go those were not the two options right but 
and maybe I'm wrong in this, but it's a different jury who would pick the um, sentence, right? Like that's, it's a different sentencing no, jury. It's the same jury. Is it? Okay. See, I yeah. was under the impression the sentencing trial was a different jury. Um, then I don't know. It's like they set it for like a month and you have to go back. Um, my, because after that you can talk about the case because the case itself is done. My high school government teacher, um, all I remember her ever teaching me was that she would like to pose nude for us while we built a statue of her. She was the same age as my grandmother and I haven't had enough therapy to get over that statement. Okay. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. During share time. <laughs> I feel like we need theme music just for share time. All right. So, um, it, at the trial, 400 pieces of evidence were presented. Oh my God. Um, there was a strand of hair that was recovered from the trunk of Casey's car, which was microscopically similar to hair taken from Kaylee's hairbrush. Um, which I, when I first heard about this, I was like, well, you know, my mom probably has my hair everywhere because my hair just falls out. But then I found out that the strands showed what's known as root banding in the roots, which is, um, a dark band that appears after death. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it is consistent with the hair having been attached to a dead body. Yes, yes, yes. They talk about that. Like, I don't know. Um, the Kronk who discovered the remains repeated the same basic story that he told the police on Friday, October 24th, a forensic report by, um, um, uh, a scientist at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory judged that results from an air sample procedure performed in the trunk of Casey Anthony's car showed chemical compounds, quote, consistent with a decompositional event based on the presence of five key chemical compounds. Um, investigators stated that the trunk smelled strongly of human decomposition, but that human decomposition was not specified on the laboratory scale. The process has not been affirmed by a Daubert test in the courts, which I don't know what that means. Um, The group from the lab also stated that there was chloroform in the car trunk. You know, because chlorophyll, they had bamboo in the back. Mm -hmm. I just want to, like, point out here... They didn't just like open her trunk and be like, mm, smells like a dead body. And then they were like, okay, there was a dead body in there. No, they like, there was a lot of testing. Done. Right. Right. Um, on Oct- in October, 2009 officials released a 700 or 700 pages of documents related to the investigation, including records of Google searches of the terms quote, neck breaking and, how to make chloroform on a computer accessible to Casey presented by the prosecutors as evidence of a crime. Where is she going to, was she going to break the neck of the dog? Well, that's the only way to get them to stop eating chlorophyll. Chloroform. Mm, but remember it's chlorophyll <laughs> that turned into chloroform because yes. of the, right, right, yeah. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hashtag science. <laughs> 
According to detectives, crime scene evidence included residue of a heart-shaped sticker found on duct tape over the mouth of Kaylee's skull. I'm so mad about that. That's disgusting. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, However, the lab was not able to capture a heart shape photographically after some duct tape was subjected to dye testing. So it showed the residue in the shape of a heart, but they couldn't um, use dye testing to recreate where the heart was on the duct tape. So it's kind of an inconclusive issue. A blanket found at the crime scene matched Kaylee's bedding at her grandparents' home. Among photos entered into evidence was one from the computer of Ricardo Morales, an ex-boyfriend of Casey Anthony, depicting a poster with the caption, Win her over with chloroform. Mm-hmm. Um, computer software was used to indicate that Casey had conducted extensive computer searches on the word chloroform 84 times and suggests that Casey had planned to commit murder. He later discovered that a flaw in the software misread the forensic data and that the word chloroform had been searched for only one time and the website in question offered information on the use of chloroform in the 19th century. Yeah, but... I don't know. Which gives a very... To me, it does not prove that she did not kill her daughter it does not prove that she did not kill her daughter however i can see room for an argument that she read that meme and was too dumb to know what chloroform was so she googled it (laughs) (laughs) so um right but if that was the explanation then why didn't they say that right i didn't say that was the explanation i just said i could see how i could use that if i were the defense attorney right Right. Like, look at this girl. That was it. She is dumb. You know she didn't know what chloroform (laughs) was? Case closed. Thank you. I rest. Like, the defense rest. I would have just been dumb. Like, she would have been same result, apparently. I could have walked in there with a picture of her murdering her daughter. And they'd be like, I don't know. Uh, Was that taken with a Polaroid or a Kodak? Was there DNA? They were all they were all sequestered in one hotel room watching CSI just on CSI. loop. CSI. <laughs> they <laughs> were like CSI Miami. Right. They're waiting like none of the detectives have on sunglasses, so they haven't found anything yet. Nobody put on their sunglasses <laughs> and made a good pun. <laughs> right. Um the jury, like they're voting, they're like, listen, um the thing that we noticed is that nobody zoomed in on the reflection of a camera in the hubcap of a car going 70 miles per hour, half a mile up the interstate from the last camera. And because they didn't do that, then this could not possibly have happened. They said it took two weeks for DNA to come back, but I've seen CSI. It takes 30 seconds. You know, we're joking about it. I know you and I have discussed it, but this is like a very real problem. Oh, I 100% think it is. Yeah, it's a huge problem. I have a friend who wrote their thesis on the CSI effect and how it has really messed up police investigations because um, juries were, for a while, juries have gotten better now that 
they understand how fiction works. Mm-hmm. But that for a while, especially in the early 2000s, lots of cases were going um, without conviction because for whatever reason, people can figure out that... Because people walk in and because of CSI, they expect to see like overwhelming DNA evidence proving that this happened. Right. Or there's CCTV footage showing it happening, like concrete, irrefutable evidence of the murder occurring and that's not how these cases work all the time right well almost never not everybody's that stupid right well almost never do they work out like that because even when the experts have information like that you know the dna evidence cannot be matched a hundred percent and so for them to explain that on the stand if a jury doesn't get it then what they hear is this wasn't a hundred percent match well and also finding um Bits of DNA is one thing, and finding a complete strand of DNA that completely matches that other person is another thing. Right, and that's so rare. That's what I was trying to say. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you follow me. Um, yes. Anyway, so... I mean, the the... I wanted to talk about the trial, but it just makes me so mad. Everything, like... It, talk about it, though. So... The trial began May 24th, 2011. Um, Prosecutors' opening statements were that Anthony used chloroform to render her daughter unconscious before putting duct tape over her mouth and nose to suffocate her and left Kaylee's body in the trunk of her car for a few days before disposing of it. Um, They said that Casey was a party girl who killed her daughter to free herself from parental responsibility and enjoy her personal life. Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, who doesn't think that that's the case? (laughs) Yeah. So I, what I think is that I think even if you take, take chloroform out of the situation, say she didn't, she researched it because she didn't, she didn't know what it was. Um, I think, I think Zanny the nanny was a reference to her. To Xanax. To dating her daughter. Uh-huh. Yeah, either Xanax or co- you know cough medicine things that people sometimes you know you hear people joke about giving it to your their kids to make them sleep. Uh huh. And I think she sedated her and then and then smothered her, suffocated her. I have always thought that too, um, and I have always just assumed that Zanny the nanny meant Xanax. Xanax. Mm-hmm. Um. That's what I go to, but even that, like, she, it could have been anything. Right. Scissor. Because then you have to go and prove that she had a prescription for Xanax or had access to it, even though you, I'm sure you can buy it on the street pretty easily. Like, oh, yeah. Um, so, the, um, the defense, led by Oscar, claimed that Kaylee had access. Fuck that guy so much. That Kaylee had, right, said that Kaylee had drowned accidentally in the family's pool on June 16th and was found by George Anthony, who told Casey that he, she would spend the rest of her life in jail for child neglect, then proceeded to cover up Kaylee's death. He argued this is, right. So if you're yelling at your daughter, you're to spend the rest of your life in jail, then you cover up the death. Mm -hmm. That's not how jail works. Right. Then Baez argued that this is why Casey went on 
with her life and failed to report the incident for 31 days. He alleged that it was the habit of a lifetime for Casey to hide her pain and pretend nothing was wrong because she had been sexually abused by George Anthony since she was eight years old and her brother Lee had also made advances toward her. He questioned whether Roy Cronk, the meter reader who found the bones, had actually removed them from another location and further alleged that the police department's investigation was compromised by their desire to feed a media frenzy about a child's murder rather than a more mundane drowning. I think this is absolutely absurd. It just, like... And the more he talks, he pulls in, like, the meter reader, like, what, they pulled him off the street, and they're like, hey, go pick up this bag of bones and move it. And he's like, sure, I'm the meter reader. I totally want to be involved in this. Right, like, how did you know? I woke okay. up this morning just thinking, I wish some like random that, family... I want to hide a body. It's like, it's abs- it's absurd. I yes. I can't. Yeah, exactly. I like... think Jose Baez, like, Jose Baez accuses the prosecution at several points of, quote-unquote, throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. But that is 100% what he did here. Oh, 100%. He throws out the molestation thing. He throws out the meter reader being involved. He throws out uh, the drowning in the pool. Like, he, I think he confuses everyone so much that they walked out of there and were like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Right. Yeah, so, like, if you and I ran our podcast the way he ran his defense, we would be sued for so many defamation charges like like it's he's just smarmy to me he's smarmy yes i don't it just it, the whole thing makes me sick this whole he took advantage of casey's parents you know it's been alleged since then that he's taken advantage of casey uh-huh which whatever but it... <laughs> Well, and that was one of the things I was going to say is like the ID special brought that up too. And that's, I think that if there's any credence to that claim, that is the grossest part of it all to me that. Well, she lives with him or she did for a while. Right. That's just not that far of a stretch to me. Right. That like, still guarantees nothing, but and I'm trying to give yeah. her at least some kind of benefit of doubt. But like well, it's at this just point it's so not even gross. she that needs the benefit of the doubt. Right. Like it it's ugh, the thing the whole thing is just gross. It's icky. So prosecutors started by calling George Anthony as their first witness. Um and of course, their first question is, did you ever sexually abuse your daughter? And he denies it. Um, he testifies this time that he did not smell anything resembling human decomp in the car. Oh, sorry. He testified that when she visited on June 24th, he did not smell human decomp, but that he did smell something Mm -hmm. similar to human decomp on July 15th when he went to pick the car up. Um, Yeah. Cindy Anthony testified that her comment to 911 that Casey's car smelled like someone died was just a figure of speech. Oh, God. Um, Baez asked an FBI analyst about 
the paternity test the FBI conducted to see if Lee was Kaylee's father, she told the jury that the test had come back negative regarding a photo on the computer of Ricardo Morales, her ex-boyfriend, with the caption said, went over with chloroform. Morales said mm-hmm. that the photo was on his MySpace page and that he never discussed chloroform with Anthony or searched for chloroform on her computer. Right. Um, they called so many so many expert witnesses in this case, like more than I expected to see. Um, But, um, this was where the, uh, they called John Dennis Bradley, who was a Canadian, a former Canadian law enforcement officer to talk about Mm -hmm. using this computer program to, um, see if she'd searched for chloroform he said that he was able to use this program to, to recover deleted searches from March 17th and March 21st, 2008, that someone had searched the website SciSpot.com for chloroform 84 times. He expressed his belief that some of these items might have been bookmarked. Under cross-examination by the defense, Bradley agreed that there were two individual accounts on the desktop and that there was no way to know who actually performed the searches. Um... And I don't remember if it made it into my notes, but I know that they only searched one of the internet. They only searched Internet Explorer and not Firefox. Uh-huh. And I've always scratched my head at that, too. Yeah. Uh, well, my question is, if they can tell what was searched, or if they can't tell what was searched on either account, how could they tell it was searched on one platform versus another? Right. And I don't know if that has to do with the way that the data is encrypted or what. Yeah. Um, So, um, you know, I mean, they just, they brought in so many people. I'm trying to go through to not just bore everybody to death. 90 people. Uh Uh-huh. Um, the defense called two government witnesses who countered prosecution witness testimony about duct tape. The chief investigator for the ME stated that the original placement of the duct tape was unclear and it could have shifted positions as he collected the remains. Cindy Anthony testified that their family buried their pets in blankets and plastic bags using duct tape to seal the opening. And additionally, an FBI uh, forensic document examiner found no evidence of a sticker or sticker residue on the duct tape found near the child's remains. So then that to me is worse. Uh-huh. The fact that they bury their pets that way? Uh-huh. That to me is more damning. But whatever. What do I know? Um a forensic pathologist was called in to perform a second autopsy. Um he challenged her the original autopsy report saying that it was shoddy, um, saying it was a failure that Casey's skull was not open during her, Kaylee's skull was not open during her examination. Also Casey's skull. Let's just mm-hmm. get it over with. But that yeah. um, Kaylee's skull was not open during the examination. Um, he said, you need to examine the whole body in an autopsy. Um, he stated that he was not allowed to attend the initial autopsy on Kaylee's remains. And that from his own follow-up autopsy, he was not comfortable ruling the child's death a homicide. He said he could not determine what Kaylee's manner of death was, but said that there was no indication to him that she was murdered. 
Additionally, he testified that he believed duct tape found on Kaylee's skull was placed there after the body decomposed, stating that if the tape was placed on the skull, there should have been DNA left on it, and suggested that someone may have staged some of the crime scene photos. Quote, the person who took the picture, the person who prepared this, put the hair there, said Spitz. When asked by Ashton, the prosecutor, during cross-examination, so your testimony is the medical examiner's personnel took the hair that wasn't on the skull and placed it there? Spitz answered, it wouldn't be the first time, sir. I can tell you some horror stories about that. We're not asking about your personal experience, Spitz. Right. We're asking your professional opinion on this case. Yeah. Also, I would like to know how much money you were paid to come be a character, like a professional reference for this attorney. Mm-hmm. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that that would maybe change some people's minds. Um, yeah. On June 21st, Bradley discovered that a flaw in his software misread forensic data and that the word chloroform had only been searched for one time. Mm-hmm. Um, on June 23rd, Baez called Cindy Anthony to the stand, who told jurors that she'd been the one who performed the search for chloroform bitch. on the family computer in March 2008. The prosecution alleged that only Casey would, could have conducted the search and the others because she was the only one home at the time. When prosecutors asked how she could have made the internet searches when employment records showed she was at work, Cindy Anthony said that despite what her work timesheet indicates, she was at home during these time periods because she left from work early during the days in question. Bradley, the guy with the... How on earth would you know that? Right? That's exactly what I was wondering. It makes me think about the opening of the very first season of Serial when she's like... Can you recall what you had for lunch yesterday? What about two weeks ago? Yep. You know? Yep. Um, like, I have a pretty detailed planner, but even I don't write down all the times I leave early from work. Right. Um, so when Bradley, the, the, the software guy from earlier, found that he had a problem with his software, um, he actually flew to Orlando on his own expense to show them the error. Um, on the same day, the judge temporarily halted proceedings when defense filed a motion to determine if Anthony was competent to proceed with the trial. The motion states the defense received a privileged communication from their client, which caused them to believe, quote, Miss Anthony is not competent to aid and assist in her own defense. The trial resumed. I think she's perfectly competent. I think that she orchestrated this. Just like she did everything else. Yep. The trial resumed on June 27th when the judge announced the results of the psych evaluation showed she was competent to proceed. Later, in testimony about air samples, Dr. Ken Furton, a professor of chemistry at Florida International University, stated that there is no consensus in the field on what chemicals are typical of human decomposition. Judge Perry ruled that the jury would not get to smell air samples taken from the trunk. No. Uh, um, the prosecution stated that they discussed Bradley's software discrepancy with Baez on June 27th 
and he raised the issue in court testimony. Baez also asked Judge Perry to instruct the jury about the search information, but prosecutors disputed this, and it was not done. Also on June 27th, defense called two private investigators who, in November of 2008, had searched the area where the body was later found. The search was Mm -hmm. videotaped, but nothing was found. On June 28th, the defense called a Texas EquiSearch team leader. Um, EquiSearch is so cool. They do horseback searching. Um, Who did two searches of the area and found no body. The defense then called Roy Cronk, who recounted the same basic story he told police about his discovery of Kaylee Anthony's remains. He acknowledged in December, he acknowledged receiving $5,000 after the remains were identified, but denied that he told his son that finding the body would make him rich and famous. The next day, his son testified that he had made statements like that. On June 30th, the defense... Is that something you really want to be famous for? Right. On June 30th, the defense called a volunteer in the search for Kaylee, who stated that she'd had an affair with George Anthony, and that he'd been to her home, and he had texted her, just thinking about you, I need you in my life. She told the defense that George Anthony had told her that Kaylee's death was an accident that snowballed out of control. Under cross-examination by prosecutors, they pointed to her sworn police statement in which she said that George Anthony believed it was an accident rather than knowing that it was. In her initial report, Holloway reported George Anthony saying, I really believe that this was an accident that just went wrong and that she tried to cover it up. She said that he had not told her that he was president, president, Sure. He could be president. (laughs) She said he had not told her he was present when the alleged accident occurred. During redirect examination, Baez asked Holloway if George Anthony had told her that Kaylee was dead while stating publicly she was missing, to which she replied yes. In his earlier testimony, George Anthony denied the affair with Holloway and said he visited her only because she was ill He said he sent the text message because he needed everyone who had helped in his life. After Holloway's testimony, Judge Perry told jurors that it could be used to impeach George Anthony's credibility, but it was not proof of how Kaylee died and or evidence of Casey Anthony's guilt or innocence. Basically, the judge reminded that he was not the one on trial here. Right. So take all that with a grain of salt. However... Sure. It does seem odd to me that he would out of the blue text somebody and say, I need you in my life right now. I don't know like that. But how far removed is this from his suicide attempt? Um, you know, I don't know that answer to be honest. Cause I don't have a date on when that text was allegedly sent. I just think it's, it would be interesting to know if he at that point was really struggling. Right. That's a very fair point. Um, so, um, the prosecution finally rested its case on June 15th after calling uh, 59 witnesses for 70 different testimonies. Oh my God. Uh huh. Um, The defense rested its case on June 30th after calling 47 witnesses for 63 different testimonies. And as you mentioned, Casey Anthony did not testify, 
which is probably the smartest thing she did during this whole process. I don't... I don't know. So, yes, but also, like, Baez made so many statements about how she was going to tell her side of the story and how everyone would understand after Casey spoke. Casey's never spoken. Right. Never. To this day, still has not. To this day. Yeah, she's never given an interview. Um. But she doesn't stop her from popping up in my newsfeed all the time. Right. Um, so on June 30th and July 1st, the prosecutor presented rebuttal arguments um, and started by showing the jury photographs of Kaylee's clothes and George's suicide note. It called two representatives of Cindy Anthony's former employer who explained why their computer login system shows Cindy was at work for the afternoon. She said she went home early and searched her computer for information about chloroform. A a police computer. I just say a complete computer. That's not a thing. (laughs) A police computer analyst testified someone had purposely searched online for neck plus breaking. Another analyst testified she did not find evidence that Cindy Anthony had searched certain terms she claimed to have searched. Anthropology professor Dr. Michael Warren from University of Florida was recalled to debut to rebut debut. God, I'm so tired. Apparently, to rebut a defense so witness on the need to open a skull during an autopsy. So. Basically, prosecution just took all the arguments the defense made and found new people to dispute those t- statements. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead detective stated that there were no phone calls between Cindy and George during the week of June 16, 2008. However, he told the defense that he did not know that George had a second cell phone. So... Okay. There were a lot of like dropped balls in this investigation, like so many. Um, Sarah and I were talking about. Um, have you ever seen the Aurora Tea Garden mysteries on Hallmark? No, I love them. No, I kind of boycott CCB. I know sometimes um, I'm just I so I can't with her in Aurora Tea Garden. She is a member of the real murders club which is a local (laughs) club that meets and talks about true crimes and stuff um but the police the local police hate them because they spend a lot of time talking about how like shitty cops are and i was like well if cops weren't shitty we wouldn't have to talk about it like (laughs) yeah and again as i say all the time not all cops are but then we get to a case like this and we're like cops are shitty well, here's the thing. Not all cops are, but there are enough that are that. And plus, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So you have all these idiots out there bungling investigations. You know, that's what's going to end up on the news. Right. It's not our fault that people make it easy. Yeah. Um, so closing statements took place July 3rd and 4th. Jeff Ashton for the prosecution told the jury, quote, When you have a child, that child becomes your life. This case is about the clash between that responsibility and the expectations to go with it and the life that Casey Anthony wanted to have. He then outlined 
that um, he outlined the state's case against Casey, um, touching on her many lies to her parents and others, the smell in the car's trunk, identified by several witnesses, including her own father, as the odor of de- human decomp, and the items mm-hmm. found with Kaylee's skeletal remains. He emphasized how Casey, quote, maintains her lies until they absolutely cannot be maintained anymore and replaces them with another lie using Zanny the Nanny as an example. Mm-hmm. Anthony repeatedly told police Kaylee was with the nanny that she specifically identified as Zanida. Police, however, were never able to find the nanny. Authorities did find a woman named Zanida Fernandez Gonzalez, but she denied ever, having ever met the Anthony's. Which I know is a restatement mm-hmm. of what I've said, but this is his closing statement, so that's also a restatement, yeah. you know. Um, he reintroduced items found with Kaylee's remains, including a Winnie the Pooh blanket that matched the bedding at her grandparents' home. Oh. Um, one of a set of laundry bags with the twin bag found at the Anthony home. And, a, and duct tape, he said, was a relatively rare brand. That bag is Kaylee's coffin, Ashton said, holding up a photograph of the laundry bag as Casey reacted with emotion. He further criticized the defense's theory that Kaylee drowned in the Anthony pool and that Casey and George panicked upon finding the uh, the child's body and covering up her death. He advised jurors to use their common sense when deciding on a verdict. Quote, no one makes an accident look like murder. 100%. Yeah. That is what I don't understand about the defense argument. Like, why would someone take what was clearly an accident and, like, turn it into, like, a, mur- a murder? Right. Don't you want people to not investigate you for murder? Like, Right. I don't know. Um, so, before closing arguments, the judge ruled that the defense could argue that a drowning occurred due to reasonable conclusions aided by witness testimony, but that arguing sexual abuse was not allowed since there was nothing to support that claim. Baez, uh, yeah. Baez began by contending that there were holes in the prosecution's evidence, saying that it was based on a fantasy. He told the jury that the prosecution wanted to see the stains and insects that did not really exist, that they had not proven that the stains in Anthony's car trunk were caused by Kaylee's decomposing body rather than from a trash bag found there. He added that the prosecutors tried to make his client look like a promiscuous liar because their evidence was weak. He said that drowning is, quote, the only explanation that makes sense and showed jurors a photograph of Kaylee opening the home sliding glass door by herself. He stressed that there were no child safety locks in the home and that both of Casey's parents, George and Cindy, testified that Kaylee could get out of the house easily. Although Cindy testified that Kaylee could not put the ladder on the side of the pool and climb up, Baez alleged that Cindy may have left the ladder up the night before. Quote, she didn't admit to doing so in testimony, he said, but how much guilt would she have knowing that it was her that left the ladder up that day? This guy, I, I can't. It, it just makes And it... say, say she's home with Casey and she does climb into the pool and drown. A, that's child neglect. Right. Two, you then covered it up and buried her body 
and so that's some kind of something isn't there like um like that's obstruction illegal treatment of... of a human but isn't there like illegal treatment of a human corpse or something oh yeah um it's defacement of a human corpse there you go so there's that and then it's obstruction of justice and like on and on and on and it's just i can't i yeah no it's, it's just so frustrating this whole thing was ridiculous and needless and stupid and pointless mm-hmm. um absolutely so the defense attorney uh cheney mason followed with an additional closing argument addressing the jury to discuss the charges against casey anthony Quote, the burden rests on the shoulders of my colleagues at the state attorney's office, Mason said, referring to proving that Casey Anthony had committed the crime. Mason said that the jurors are required, whether they like it or not, to find the defendant not guilty if the state did not adequately prove its case against Casey Anthony. Mason emphasized that the burden of proof is on the state and that Casey Anthony's decision not to testify is not an implication of guilt. Um... So the jury deliberations began July 4th. On July 5th, prosecutors stated that during deliberations, they were about to give the jury the corrected information with regard to Bradley's software discrepancy. However, the jury reached a verdict before they could do so. One legal analyst stated that if the jury had found Casey guilty before receiving the exculpatory evidence, the prosecution's failure to fully disclose it could have been grounds for a mistrial. On July 5th, 2011, the jury found Casey Anthony not guilty on uh, of counts one through three regarding first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and aggravated child abuse, while finding her guilty on counts four through seven for providing false information to law enforcement. Mm. Since then, Casey Anthony has continued to clog my news feeds and timelines and the checkout stand at Kroger um, because, because I just can't get away from the bad decisions that other people made. Yes. Yep. And basically, so I think somebody last year did an interview with her parents uh-huh. A&E, maybe? I don't know. But um, they basically have no relationship with her anymore. Well, would you, like... I mean, no. I just... I don't know. What do you think... Hmm. What do you think happened? Like, what's your running theory? My my running theory has always been the, um, I always thought it was an accidental overdose. Yeah. I always thought that, um, like I said, I always thought Zanny the Nanny referred specifically to Xanax. I always thought mm-hmm. that she had accidentally given her daughter too much and then staged it to look like a murder so that she wouldn't be found guilty in the neglect of. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, obviously that was a Well, because murder, even but... that would be, like, voluntary manslaughter. Right. Um. What about you? Yeah, I kind of agree. And going back to her family just being odd, you know, I think that... I don't know. Something was going on in that house. I don't think it was molestation. I don't know what it was. They they all had a weird thing, you know? Uh-huh. And I think her parents felt really guilty yes. for what had happened and allowed themselves to be mm, skewered by the media in order to get Casey out of jail. Yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I 100% think that even if she did it accidentally, she caused the death of her daughter. Yes. I have never been in doubt of that. You know, and unfortunately, she's the only person that knows... And yeah, I have definitely never. It doesn't look like she'll be talking about it anytime soon. Ooh. I also think Jose Baez is a smarmy, smarmy, smarmy man. And he's disgusting. That too. Like, cosign. Mm-hmm. Retweet. Like, yeah. Um, I have never bought that chloroform had anything to do with it. No. Um, and I, that's the other thing I think that the prosecution did wrong is that they focused really heavily on that. Now, Chloroform. to be fair, um, they were trusting the software written yes. by somebody who didn't know that his code was flawed. Yeah. But again, I have never found that to be a very compelling argument. Well, because while I did not Google it, I don't think it's possible to make chloroform outside of a laboratory. Right. And so I think it's something that she would have had to purchase, which would have had way more of a paper trail. Right. Exactly. What do you think? Your theory is pretty similar to mine then. Yeah, basically. Um, And... I hate that we'll never know. A, because, you know, I'm messed up in the head for sure. But B, because this little girl doesn't get to live a life and it's not her fault. And she deserves her truth to be told. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah, I hate it. A lot. All right. Well, what are we doing next week? Oh, let's see. Do, 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 do. That was our birthday present to ourselves? Yeah. What's wrong with us? Uh, a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, let's see. You want to do... Wise Gal? Yes. The mob movie? I love mob movies. Me too. 
I just knocked everything I own over. It's been a long time since I've done that. Yeah, I mean, it's been a little while, yeah. Do you remember in our first few recordings when everything used to fall on top of me? <laughs> yes. I do. Look at us now. <laughs> yeah. We've come so far by that. I mean, I took the shelf off of above my computer so it wouldn't happen anymore. Yeah, you did. <laughs> now, I am going to put in my phone, wise gal, so that I won't text you next week and ask, hey, what are we covering? It's fine if you do. I don't mind. To be fair, I usually know, but I'm so afraid that I'm going to research the wrong thing. That you're going to do it wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that you're going to sit down, you're going to be like, okay, so the movie Cold opens on, you know, like... I don't OJ Simpson sitting in his car and I'm like, well, I just did notes on Carlina white. So <laughs> you know what I was thinking about a lifetime movie of the week. What? Last night I was, I don't know what brought this to mind, but I was thinking about the Petersons. All Scott, the Scott, Peterson? Drew and Michael. Uh-huh. And I was thinking there needs to be a Drew Peterson movie. No, Michael Peterson movie where they reenact the owl theory. Yes. I would totally be on board for that. I'm Sign me up for that. Absolutely. <laughs> 100. Um, yeah. So last week, did I tell you about Fran texting me to ask about Peterson? Oh, which one? Well, that was Scott, the, Scott Drew or Michael. That was the problem. <laughs> she was like halfway through our episode and was like, "I don't remember any of this." And I was like, "Are you are you listening to the like? Are you listening with the right Patterson in mind? Peterson in mind?" And she was like, <laughs> And so she was like, "Which one is this?" And we had a long conversation about like which one it was. And so I gave her like the thirty second rundown of how to tell them all apart. I still don't know Scott with one T. Um, I looked him up. Hold on, I can look him back up, or I can look up that text. Regular Scott. Scott Peterson crying. No, that's it. Auto filled the second T for me. Come on, I know what I'm looking for. I, as I recall, his was not super heinous. Um, or, you know, 11 criminal charges. He, uh, they were all, um, charges against police officers. Like, he, hold on. Why Scott Peterson? Is he the one that was raping people he pulled over? I believe so. But. No, no. No, who was he then? He's Man. the one, oh, this motherfucker. He's the one that didn't, that fled Parkland High School. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a, that was the, the one I was pulling up. And yeah. did not go back. Yes. He should go to jail for yeah. a long time. Um, yeah. That teacher that I told you about that I met last summer. Yeah. Her PTSD is so bad that she didn't actually return to the classroom this year. Aww. 
That's yeah. so sad. It is. I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. People and people I suck. I wouldn't either. I don't think. I I don't think I would have gone back at all. People suck and have been awful to her. Like they say on her Instagram, like I thought you loved teaching. Why aren't you doing it anymore? And I'm like, a mind your own fucking business. But b for real, like, do you not know how life works? And like, oh, there's just something about seeing your students murdered in front of you that really sticks in your craw. <laughs> As a 22-year-old first-year teacher, like, mm-hmm. <coughs> like, I can't even imagine what that poor girl went through. Yeah, so. that's horrible. All right, well, let's find something happy. Tell me something good that happened to you this week or is going to happen. I got nothing. I finished this Rob Lowe. It was a... Oh, he's cute. It was kind of a rough week for me. And I'm expecting another one, to be honest. Uh, well, then... How about you? Um, I mean, mine was a rough week, too. Um, but I have spring break coming up, and I'm going to see Cher, and I'm going to movies with some friends tomorrow. And I am taking this week for self-care. Um... Good! And I think the good thing that's about to happen to us is that we're going to see another five-star rating and review any day now. Yeah, I hope so. Um, one good thing is that my girls are on spring break, which means I don't have to go to UTSA this week at all. Nice. Yeah. That is nice. <laughs> um, well... Okay. Then I just want to say um, thank you to everybody for spending your time with us, uh, especially mm-hmm. in this particularly rough case. Um, yeah. It's very um, polarizing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I didn't really realize that until tonight because I just thought everybody believed what I believed. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, and I think I would like to hear your I want to hear your crazy conspiracy theories on this. If you have a wild, like a wild belief that I would have never considered, email that to us at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Or put it. I don't know. Somewhere else. Send us a DM, like slide into our DMs, Mm -hmm. lifetime sentence on Instagram. Or, Or join our Patreon and then send it to us in Patreon. Absolutely. Lifetimesentence.com slash Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence. That wasn't it at all. Patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Tweet it at us. Yeah, at Life Sentence Pod. Um, Leave it on our Facebook fan page. But nothing will get to us. (laughs) No, we do have a contact form, I think. Oh, well then go to our website, Lifetimesentence.com. Which and I will then, be updating oh. this week. So for any of you who are subscribed to our website and it sends you email updates, I'm so sorry for the 50 you're going to get this week. <laughs> and also um, comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash lifetime sentence. Um, and again, the best thing you can do is leave us a rate and a review and share us with your friends. Yes. All your friends. Um, until next time. Please, and I cannot stress this enough, don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye.
This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.